I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So today, we are talking about the ninth, yes, the ninth installment in the Saw Chain Spiral. (laughs) Fuck you. No, fuck you. Come on, Zeke. When all you motherfuckers would treat me like shit, shoot me in my fucking back, Boz was my friend. Boz played with my kid. We went to fucking games. Fuck me? No, fuck you. Fucking assholes. Wow, wow, wow. Obviously, it came out this year, 2021. It was directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman, and this is his fourth contribution in the chain. He directed Saw 2 through 4. If you didn't know, I... Welcome back. I did not know this, but welcome back, Darren. And it was written by Josh Stolberg and Peter Goldfinger. And every time I see that, I think of Austin Powers, gold member. Isn't that the... (laughs) It's my favorite. Also, you don't think of it. You also, yeah, it's funny that you think of that and not like the James Bond movie Goldfinger. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Obviously, not a, a not a James Bond girl, but I am a Beyonce girl and she was in Goldmember. Yeah. <laughs> so that is my contribution to that. <laughs> so this movie stars Chris Rock. Max Minghella, and you may know him from Handmaid's Tale if you guys watched that. I know you guys have started that. You haven't caught up. Am I correct? I've I'm only further, seen season one. Yeah, okay. I'm I I'm not caught up with like this last season. Mm-hmm. I haven't started this last season, but up to it. Yes. Well, he plays the eye and He's in this movie. <laughs> and also it stars Marisol Nichols and the fuck you king, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> so before we get into this, um, I like to call dumpster fire, if you will. <laughs> well, don't spoil. Don't Before we get into the spoilers, don't spoil your feelings. <laughs> I think it's too late. You know, they've just been splattered all over the walls for the world to see. But obviously, heavy spoilers ahead. So if you have not seen this movie, please stop this and watch it and form your own opinions. Do not think of what I just said about it. If you love Saw, you love Saw. And see how you feel about it. Come back. See if you agree with us. If you don't, totally fine. We can have different opinions about things. It's cool. We're cool here. Are there any trigger warnings, Jamie, for this? I mean, it's a Saw movie, so there's a lot of gore. If you are triggered by, like, the gore porn 
genre, then this is not, none of these are the films for you. Um, You should (laughs) respectfully bow out. Respectfully bow out of (laughs) Jigsaw's way so Mm -hmm. that he can present all the torture porn to us. Now, before we get into all of this, anything new? Have you watched anything? What's been going on? Also, hashtag it's cancer season for me and Jamie. Yes. So, yes, all the stars aligning for us. Jamie just had a birthday, too. So everybody say a quick happy birthday to Jamie. Yay. Yeah, I'm older. I'm wiser. I'm obviously not wise enough to not watch this movie that we're going to talk about. But, you know. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Have you guys watched anything interesting of note? Um, So we, we just got a new Apple TV. And we upgraded our Apple TV. And with the Apple TV comes a year subscription to Apple TV Plus. So we just binged Ted Lasso for the first time. But what we're most excited for is we're going to start um, watching the M. Night Shyamalan show Servant. Um, oh. So that's the one. We'll, so we haven't started yet. So like that's not playing by the rules of what I've used and watched. But we're going to watch it soon, and we're excited about that. Are we going to be watching? Yeah. Right. It's on the list. That's totally cool. I didn't realize. We watched the new Candyman trailer, which is fire. Yes. It's so good. The new Candyman Mm -hmm. trailer got me even more excited to see this movie. I did not know there was another trailer, so when we are done with this, I will watch. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I thought I sent it to you. No, it's awesome. It's awesome, 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 awesome. Yes. I can't wait. Also, Yaya, the lead actor in that, he's just my absolute favorite. I thought you were going to say Yaya Ding Dong. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What a bop, though. Yaya Ding Dong. That should be his theme music. Everywhere he goes, like, he doesn't need to be introduced as Yaya. They just need to play Yaya Ding Dong. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, On all of the late night shows. (laughs) 100%. And then, um, oh, we're very – so we talked about – I forget if we talked about it. We watched Escape Room, but we just – we watched the trailer for Escape Room 2, like, more escaping or whatever it is. I forget if we talked about that. (laughs) But, like – I love one of my favorite experiences, and it happened with Ted Lasso too, is one of my favorite experiences when you watch something much later than everybody else. So like Ted Lasso or or Escape Room, and then like the new movie and the new seasons are coming out like this month, like in July. Like we don't have to, we don't have the same weight that everyone else had. Like season two of Ted Lasso is coming right up. And then Escape Room comes out this summer too. You know, escapee, escapist. And like we're super, it's very exciting. <laughs> that's all. That's all I have to say about those things. Did you Legends of War escaping. Escapee, escapist. <laughs> that's even better than paranormal activists. So okay. now everything's escapee, escapist. <laughs> and we watch, do we, we watch Greenland? If you like disaster movies, excellent stuff. Greenland. Um, okay. Uh, Brian watched White Chicks for the first time. Oh yeah, I had never seen. No. That yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. How could you forget? Phrase. It's very. It's, I mean, it's, it's that a movie 2004 is not, classic. 
I had never seen it before. We so we were at a we were at a um, restaurant and we we're sitting at the bar and the TV behind Jamie was playing White Chicks but with no sound. So like I, I just casually made a comment. We're like, I've never seen White Chicks. So that night we actually rented it and watched all the White Chicks. It is a staple in movie cinema. I'm just gonna throw it out there. It is, it is? film with a capital F. <laughs> Listen, the bottom line is I can't believe that movie got made. And uh, and the things in that movie are wild. Yes. And the people in that movie, you like, there's no way those people would say yes to that movie now, but they were young. There was probably one, some of their first credits. Like, wild. Absolutely wild. However, not really that funny in places, but, like, also, it's just wild. The, it's just I, I don't have any words to really describe it and I like the Waynes Brothers like I love that show it's very much a part of like like I watch that show I've seen every episode I love it oh man like John Witherspoon yip dee like he is absolutely yes. the best like I love that show um, but um, yeah this was something else I, 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 mean, I do crossover I mean, what Jennifer Carpenter who was in White Chicks is in the exorcism of Emily Rose so now it's now it's horror adjacent exactly. and and Dexter exactly. and and she's in the remake of uh of Wreck right the the American version of Oh um, yeah, yeah 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 the the shot for quarantine shot. I think they American. call it quarantine in a movie. yeah anyway anyway <laughs> yeah, we watched White Chicks. That was an experience for sure. That's amazing. I'm happy that you have at least experienced that because yeah, I think everyone yeah. needs to see it at least once, you know? <laughs> oh, I did. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was made for the time, but yes, that's great. Well, I haven't seen anything new, but I will suggest Watch Mojo has a series about the history of horror movies. And so they go in detail. Well, I mean, it's probably like 12 minute episodes, but it goes into movies, horror movies with monsters, you know, horror movies with political agendas. And they talk about the final girl and that whole trope from the eighties and nineties and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. So it's a real interesting watch. If you want a little bit more history on horror, I would suggest it again, it's on watch mojo, which is a YouTube channel. And then yesterday I made one of our mutual friends, Aaron Albano, watch (laughs) a quiet place, which was just a great experience for me personally, I don't think he had the best time, but <laughs> guys, Aaron, our friend Aaron, he does not like horror movies at all. And he's just now getting into it, being a good friend to me and said, if you want me to watch this movie, I will watch it with you, but in broad daylight. So at Fair. 2 p.m., <laughs> we watched A Quiet Place and he really enjoyed it. So you guys go you- back and... Did you like it? Because that's your second time now within like a couple of weeks. Like, did you like it better the second time? Did the ending make more sense to you the second time? Like, uh, tell us about your thoughts. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I think I, it was definitely a 60, 40% of, you know, when your friend is watching a movie you've seen, you're like watching your friend watch the movie. Mm -hmm. That's like 60% where I was at, you know, making sure Sure. he was okay, but also make sure you're reacting at the right parts you're supposed to react (laughs) to. react to and I I definitely enjoyed it a second time it still holds up to me as far as the cinematography which I remember stating that I really enjoyed the first time I watched it and 
the the acting again still stood out to me. It's just brilliant. Like John Krasinski, like Emma, they're just such another power couple that their chemistry offstage definitely translate or off screen. Well, definitely translates on screen. Mm-hmm. And I I loved it, and I I was excited to go ahead and watch the second one. And even Aaron was looking up movie times to see because he wants to watch the second one now. So he enjoyed it. And that was cool to have someone who's not in the horror movie, whatever, still appreciate a good film. And yeah, we're going to try to go see the second one together. I think they only have one more week left in theaters because it's been out for about a month. Yeah, well, it's going to be on Paramount Plus very soon. Um, Oh, great. Well, I'll save my... I'll save my seven day free trial <laughs> and then watch it there. Cause there's like 80 million shows. There's a new Rugrats reboot on Paramount plus. That yeah, I, 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 I started watching that too. And um, so cute. yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, drag race all-star season six, we've started watching mm. and that's on um, yes. Paramount plus. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love it. I have to go back to it, but yes. So I guess let's get into spiral and, talk our thoughts through but first we need to figure out what is this movie even about do we really know it's a great can we have a plot summary do any of us really know what this movie is about what's the plot (laughs) all right let's do two minutes who wants to do it and for in two minutes who wants to do it jamie i I did it last time (laughs) i'm gonna go off memory and i'm it's gonna be less than two minutes all right so, Nikisha, you're doing it? Okay. Right. Yay! Two minutes. That's my birthday Don't. present. <laughs> Got you. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. All right. You have two minutes to describe the plot of um, Saw, whatever, the spiral. spiral from the Book of Saw. Um, and because it's probably going to be short, if you can include, if you can rec- include uh, whether in it or afterwards, all of the traps that you can remember, try and include Ooh. those. Okay. Great. Ready? And yes. go. So we open with a first saw trap. Obviously, that's how all of the movies start. And I call it the tongue and train, where he has to either cut off his tongue so that he can escape because he's a lying liar, or he'll get hit by a train. And Obviously, he has to get hit by the train because it's the opening of the movie and you have to have all the guts and gore and torture porn that is Saul. So that happens. We figure out later on down the line that he was a part of the police department. And Chris Rock, who is part of the police department and nobody really likes him, we find that he gets a package and it's from the new Jigsaw, quote unquote, which I don't even remember if they called him another name, but apparently they are attacking all of the corrupt police officers. And because Chris Rock is not a corrupt one, he's the one who has to figure everything out. Later on down the line, we get Samuel L. Jackson, which LOL, his first line includes, fuck you, something, something, because that's <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. He's his father, which in what world will that happen? So (laughs) his father used to be the chief and that's significant down the line. But anyway, Chris Rock ends up getting a new partner because nobody likes him. It's this new guy. It's the the eye from Handmaid's Tale. They're trying to figure out all these cases. Eventually, the 
guy from Handmaid's Tale, Max, he is a victim of one of the crimes of killing all the police officers. So Chris is trying to find everything. In the midst, his father gets kidnapped. He's trying to find his father. He ends up finding him in a trap that seems like you can't get out of it, which we'll talk about that because I did not understand that ending. And so he tries to save his father, realizes that Max's partner did not actually die. He's the one who's in charge of it all. And the reason is because his father got killed by a corrupt police officer. And so he has to bear the burden of now killing all of the corrupt officers. And he wants Chris Rock to join them. All right. Is that my that time? Was it. That was your timer. <laughs> you, you, you got That's it. That's it. <laughs> the plot. Boy, okay. oh boy. So obviously you all very positive about this movie. Um, no, what, so what are your, what are your thoughts? Like, what did you think? Think let's get into it. Jamie. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna use some colorful Sam Jackson language. This movie fucking sucks. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. This movie is not good. I mean, it's clear. It's weird because like the tone of the movie is different, but they brought back, as you mentioned before, one of the original directors. So it feels like there's this weird, like tension between what that guy, that guy has like a clear style of direction in the second through fourth movie. And so like that plus like the weird kind of like pseudo stand-up special that Chris Rock seems to think that he's on <gasps> um, throughout this movie. Like it just, it's very confusing. Cause it's like, is this supposed to be funny? It's not funny. And then like people are being murdered. And so like, it's just very confusing and made me very uncomfortable. Not in like a, oh, the gore porn's like grossing me out, but just like, I just, I, I like couldn't get into this movie at all. Um, I actually, so I was annoyed because I'm not, I'm not very good at like figuring out who, like who done it, so to speak, historically. But as soon as I saw the trailer of this movie, like months ago, I, I knew it was Handmaid, Handmaid's Tale guy. And I was so annoyed when I realized that that was true but it was like it was so obvious because there's nobody there's the only like three people who it could be in this whole movie um and it's funny because I was talking to Brian after and I was like I miss like all of these old like dumb people from the last Saw movies as we were binge watching all of them like I miss them like I, I just miss everything that was happening before they decided that they wanted to make this movie um the traps like weren't really that great like nothing overly excited I would say maybe like the only um like the only trap that kind of stuck out to me is like oh that's pretty heinous is the the wax trap for the the new chief person um where she went into the evidence room by herself and which also made no sense um yeah, so, no one was like, why, why is this guy bringing so much wax into the office? <laughs> um, yeah, so I just, I didn't, I couldn't get into this movie. It's not anything like the other ones, which I think does not work for it. Um, and then the last thing that just bothered me just now, Nikisha, as you were like talking about the plot, is the whole point is that he's, 
that the the new jigsaw is giving revenge on all of these like dirty cops and so then when he fake dies it doesn't make any sense and like i get i, I partially get that cuz it's like taking the tr- the you know the trail off of him and and confusing everything but like i don't know it just it that just really makes no sense like you have this whole narrative that you're pushing the whole time and all of the other all the other deaths like are very clear to indicate that all these like that this whole department is like fucked up and then like random you know good rookie cop gets killed for no reason you know even though it's really him so like it just nothing makes sense it's like undermining its own plot so um i hate this movie i'm so sorry if anybody out there actually genuinely enjoyed this movie um yeah and like i'm happy to give you therapy if you need it (laughs) wow absolutely (laughs) i agree with your sentiments exactly the minute that the new jigsaw voice came through on the screen i said i hate it (laughs) (laughs) i hate this who is this voice what is this marionette doll i don't i don't like it and the fact i love that you said pseudo stand-up show because that's exactly what it was you the some of the jokes i wrote down when he was talking about Forrest Gump 2 like what does that have to do with anything except him trying to make it funny but it shouldn't be it's like who decided that Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson should be in a horror movie and I understand saying yes to projects get your coin get your money get your paycheck at the end of the day but whoever said that it was a good idea to even ask these people to be a part of this (laughs) should never be in casting. I'm sorry because. Well, didn't Chris Rock pitch this to the studio? No. Oh my God. No. I, I listened to a podcast about this. I was just, I was like, should I say, when do I, when do I shine? Um, I was listening to a (laughs) podcast where like the, before the movie came out, they kept building it up as how like Chris Rock approached Lionsgate with this like great idea. Then I heard later, and I don't know if this is like totally true, but I'm led to believe that apparently Chris Rock was at some event where there was a Lionsgate producer and he approached them and was like, Hey, you, you guys made the, so I don't remember what the movie is, but there's a movie that he made where there was like a fake movie in the background of the movie. I think, oh, was I think it Brian top five? I think so. And then they made that fake movie into a real movie. And so Chris Rock was joking of like, oh, but that was like my idea. So like, when are we actually going to work together and like collaborate on a project? Because you took like my idea from one of my movies and made it into its own thing. And so they basically were like reviewing all of the Lionsgate properties to see like, oh, what could Chris Rock do? And somehow they landed on Saw, which like makes no sense but supposedly that's how it happened they were like yeah let's just like you know come up with the script and and we'll do whatever and like that is how chris rock ended up in the saw movie but also what is the script because there were many moments and i will get into a lot of them where i i don't know if you guys thought this but the whole scene where him and the rookie were walking to the train scene where the first murder happened it seemed like that whole scene was improv where they were talking about 
um, police officers being married and high divorce rates and like mm-hmm. the mental health of, of all of them. And <laughs> it was like, they were trying to have a serious moment about the post-traumatic stress of police officers and such, but how it was worded, how the dialogue, how the exchange was, was, didn't make sense to me. It wasn't, um, straightforward like it didn't seem realistic like they were having mm-hmm. like a one-on-one conversation it seemed very like we were improving this and like this is the topic and we just need to film you guys walk into the scene so just kind of say whatever, whatever you need to say and that really kind of took me out because it was like I what is this script what are you guys saying I don't even know what sentences you're trying to form because you're not even forming complete sentences between each other and it's like is this part of the script or was this improv was this a deleted scene that you decided oh wait but we need this transition (laughs) so we put this scene in I don't know also the editing I hate inconsistencies and I understand that you can't pick up on everything and I am not an editor in the movie world so I'm sure there's so much that goes into it and those people have so much on their plate for their jobs but when you have a scene where you are literally grabbing a box out of the car with no glove on and it's zoomed in on that and then you pull the box away in a, in a cut scene and you have a glove on like it's very <laughs> obvious that that was a slip up that could that should have been recognized do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I don't know Very- I feel like the better question to ask is like was there anything that anyone liked about this movie because the one thing I was actually thinking of was the music I kind of liked the music and that was the only I, in terms of like taking this franchise in a different direction, I felt like that was really the only thing that like resonated of like, oh, like, you know, it's not just the kind of like spooky ambiance in the background, but like they actually, mm. you know, like seemed like they put effort into creating like a pretty, pretty solid soundtrack. But that I think that's like the only my only positive thing to say <laughs> about anything happening here. I'll I'll take that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'll say a positive thing was intention. While execution wasn't great, I think the intention of flipping it on its head and of making clearly the pitch to Lionsgate that we talked about was like, we're going to deal with like dirty cops. And we're going to try and relate this to the real world where every every. Um, station is infested with racist cops or cops who are dirty and don't play by the rules and blah 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 and we're going to have a new jigsaw taking them out and that's when we're going to be and then we're going to end the movie with a very disturbing image of a adult black man filled with holes from cops fire because like the and 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 i totally understand the intention behind that unfortunately the mixture of that and the execution of shoehorning it into a saw movie didn't work for me because honestly like it didn't have to be saw they really don't ever like there's no real connection. They don't. He doesn't even make a speech where he's like, "I grew up watching the Saw Killer and I loved everything he did." So now I'm gonna do like there wasn't even like that kind of speech. He was just like, I, "It was more. It was more about the dirty cops and how his family was ruined by it versus how like he believed in the um, how he believed in the same mantra and things that the original." Um, you know, Tobin Bell or whatever, you know, um, what's, um, what's the, um, 
I forget the character's name. Um, Jigsaw? <coughs> G- no, Jigsaw's real name. Oh, John Kramer? Yeah, yeah like all of that. Mr. Like, Saw? Mr. Saw. Um, <laughs> Mr. Seesaw. But yeah, so intention, I got what they were doing. And execution, it totally didn't work for me because the acting was bad. The writing was bad. It was so predictable. Um, the second, yes, that that conversation in the car was bad. But the second he was like, oh, my phone's out of juice. Can I borrow yours? Like I, that like opened up. Like I know exactly what's happening now. Like he deletes the text. Like all that was like clear, like <coughs> nothing about that was surprising. Um, yeah, I, I, I <coughs> it like Jamie said, we had just like binged like all the Saw movies. We still have two watched to left, um, two left to watch. But like, I really, it made me yearn for those, those B move, those B Saw movies, like six like C Saw movies that like <laughs> Seesaw movies that oh. like really just like went all in on the stupid. Like, like those middle Saw movies are not good, but they're way more fun than this one because this one, this one came in with an expectation of like prestige gore, if that makes sense. And like delivered on zero fronts. Um, Mm -hmm. I just like did not have a good time watching this and the traps weren't even fun enough to get me past things. I did like the, um, the glass one. Yes. I thought that one was was pretty fine. Um, but yeah, I think the goriest one was definitely the wax one, like Jamie said earlier. Yeah, let's get into the traps. And I agree, Brian, that's what I was going to say is the only thing that positive that I could say about it is because with the climate and energy of the world right now, to have something that is speaking on basically police brutality is nice to have, but the execution just wasn't there. So all of it was kind of meaningless. But with the traps, (laughs) I do want to ask, which ones do you think, well, which ones did you like, number one? And I think you kind of both said that, but also which ones do you think you would survive? And then can we talk about the last trap with Samuel L. Jackson? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like there was no way that he could have survived that trap. So here's what I did. So this actually feeds into this. What bothered me about this one and a little more of this one and some of the little middle um, Saw movies that Jamie and I have watched is the original Saw traps, if you can get out of the Saw trap, you were intact. Mm-hmm. How, but I feel like these saw movies and these traps became like you either live without a tongue or you die completely. Like to me, like I, the exciting things about those saw ones are was all or nothing. Whereas these these half measures, it adds a layer that like I don't appreciate as a viewer. I guess I don't know if I'd be able to survive any of the ones in this one. This one was just like pretty freaking brutal between what well, so this one is the tongue one yes I, I was gonna say i'll oh. name i'll name them off i've run yeah down, yeah but the tongue with the train the water fingers where he was in that tub of mm-hmm. water and they were pulling at his fingers <coughs> the skin trap which was the number one thing that led me to believe it was the rookie because they never showed yes. him actually dying yes. as they were doing with the other ones. So that was a clear giveaway. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he um, was skinned in the butcher shop. 
quote unquote, then it was the hot wax with the, or the hot wax or a severed spine, which that was kind of confusing. To oh me. yeah. Yeah. Like be a quadriplegic or just like die with, with waxy burns. Like that's like, that's <laughs> <Waxy> burns. <laughs> yes. This is, yeah. And then the uh, shattered glass that um, Brian mentioned that was uh, mm-hmm. coming through on the guy's back. And then the last one was Samuel L. Jackson with the blood loss. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't survive any of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there's no. Uh, mostly because of what you said, Brian. Just like that, there's been this shift, and that was like part of. That was there was a reason behind that in in the I would say original chain of movies, and then it's since like pivoted. Like it just didn't make sense again with this, and so I think like you can't survive any of them. Um, But if there was actually like a chance, I think the only one that I would potentially subject myself to is the glass crushing machine shrapnel. Mm, But that's also me relying on somebody else to get me out. Right. I think I would agree with that. Or maybe the water fingers one, because that one just, it was, I mean, it was hard, but you can definitely get some, you know, more fingers, some prosthetics or whatever the case may be. <laughs> Just yeah. get yourself some other also, fingers. Just get yourself some more fingers. <laughs> he was definitely my least favorite cop. So like I, that one, I was fine watching, but like also wax, wax woman was such a, she just did not do a good Wax job in this film that like her man. waxy burns. Like I was like, this is fine. But also like, well, I, but I could, I was very, so that sequence, I was deeply distracted by the fact that this, this trap was set up in the police station. Mm. A lot of the believability of this is like, and I, I get that these are not like realistic movies. I understand that. But like, the fact that it was set up in the basement of the police station, like really took me out of that moment. Like so much so because like part of the fun of the other ones was like Jigsaw had these like huge warehouses that he like would build of these things. And like, and then us not knowing which room was, which, which gives us the twist at the end of number two and how number three works into number two. And like all that stuff is super fun. And this one, this one had none of that. Yeah. It, I, I agree. I also just agree with what you're saying about how the traps are set up as far as surviving or not now, like that takes, that really kind of takes you out of it. And you're just like, okay, everybody's just going to die in this. All right. Well, that's, that's where we are. That's where we have landed. But on a different note, because I did have some questions that I wanted wait, to... Wait, wait, we didn't answer your last trap question. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Do you think... I was confused because walking through the trap, Chris Rock had to shoot the target, yes, and that would have released his his father from hanging, right? It did, mm-hmm. yeah, and then he chose and to do did. that. <clears throat> But if the police were already like timed to come in and shoot and he got risen up again when the door opened, when the police opened the door, it Mm -hmm. set off something to where Samuel L. Jackson raised back up and then was like raising up a um, 
a rifle or whatever, a, a shotgun so that he would seem like a threat and be killed. So how could he have ever survived the trap? Like they already got him down where they, I, I don't know if, if you have a better explanation, like let me know, but I just did. It just didn't seem like he could have survived at all. Yeah. It, it also, it, like, it didn't make sense. Like, let's say in a hypothetical world that Chris Rock actually decided to go with Handmaid's Tale, which is what I'm calling him, then, yes. like, would they have, I mean, they would have left anyway, and then the same thing would have happened, no, but Chris Rock just, like, wouldn't have been present to, like, watch it happen. Because there was nothing that he did to actually, like, right. remove that secondary, like, threat from being set off. It's, like, the yeah. same thing, where it's, like, the traps are unwinnable. Yes, I guess. Yeah, that that makes sense. It was if he went with him, he just wouldn't have seen his father die. But his father. But Handmaid's Tale said, do this and your father will survive and come with me. But if he would have came with him, he still would have died. So, yeah, it it was just like the backup trap because the primary trap was him leaving out. Yes. And so like the secondary trap was still him dying. Was still him dying. He was always going to die. Like. Play by the rules. <laughs> if you're going to say he's going to survive, make a way for him to survive. But like you guys said, that's not that's not any of the traps, really. Everyone is just everyone is just dying. Yeah. Which. OK, well, thank you for that. Do you have any thoughts on that, Brian? <laughs> I'm trying to remember because I do think there was something at the end where Chris Rock could have made another decision that wouldn't have lifted his father up. I have to think about it for a second, but let's keep going while I think about it. For sure. (laughs) So of course it talks a lot about police force and trauma with being a police officer. And Chris Rock mentioned something in their dialogue section that I hated, but it did lead me to these mental health questions (laughs) was about the cop profession and highest divorce rates, suicide rates, and highest rate of domestic violence is the quote that Chris Rock said. Jamie, in your opinion, why would you think that a cop would be so prone to suicide or domestic violence? I know that's a very broad question. <laughs> what a, a, what a loaded question. Factors. It's very loaded. I also <laughs> have my own opinions about it because you guys don't, well, you guys know, but the audience doesn't know. My father has been a police officer his entire life. And so this movie also thinking about that kind of aspect of it was thinking about how I view my father and uh, his, <laughs> his role, I guess, in, in my life as a parent, but also as a service to the community and all those things. But what do you think, I mean, first off, do you agree that, or have you had any research or studies that back up saying that the cop profession is the highest for divorce rate, suicide rate? or domestic violence? Do you know? I don't know about divorce, but I think that the other ones are right. I think that um, like first responder roles have very high suicide rates, if I think I'm right. And, um, And there is a lot of research into like high intimate partner violence rates in the police profession. So. And what was... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What would you think would be, I mean, I have my own opinions about it, but from your point of view, what, what things trigger 
someone to have a high rate of suicide or domestic violence? I mean, so my guess for like risk of suicide is just like these are like, you know, first responders are experiencing like a lot of trauma, um, like being on the front lines of, of like being called to crisis situations. Like there's a lot that you're seeing and experiencing and like being responsible for. And so, I mean, I think that's like an immense amount of pressure and, um, and I, you know, I can't say from firsthand experience if there is like a lot of, uh, like positive talk around mental, like accessing mental health services. I imagine that there's probably a lot of stigma around like talking about, you know, mental health and mental illness and trauma, um, especially in, in those types of settings, just because again, like, I think there's an, uh, you know, a spoken and unspoken expectation that like, these are that, that police and other first responders are like able to carry this stuff and, and can continue to do this work. And, and then, you know, by speaking to how it's affecting them, like speaks to a degree of vulnerability that maybe folks aren't typically comfortable with. And so I think it can be really hard to access services. Um, I think there was like a point where, um, when I was like looking at jobs a while ago, uh, learning that there were more initiatives that were coming out for police officers to have access to more like mental health and social workers and therapists and things like that. So that made me mm-hmm. happy. Um, cause I started to see a bunch of jobs. So, um, which I obviously didn't get, but you know, no hard feelings. Um, no hard but, feelings. uh, <laughs> but I mean, still, I think it's like, it, you know, that makes me happy at least that like the resources are being provided for, for folks who are experiencing trauma, like in, in all of these fields. And then I guess like my thoughts on IPV is, is more, I don't think that like, I want to be clear that I don't think that becoming a cop makes you more prone to committing, you know, uh, harm against like perpetrating harm. Um, however, I imagine that, you know, there are folks who, who might already have, might be more prone to potentially using violence more frequently that choose professions like being coming a police officer and like other things that are in line with those, those values and how they handle, manage, escalate violence and things like that. So that's more of what I think is happening. I, yeah, I just want to clarify. I don't think, I don't think that police officers are like intentionally, you know, choosing that. I think, you know, people are people and they choose whatever profession they want. And, and that is an unfortunate statistic. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely more of a sense of their own internal mental state and not just directly associated with being a police officer, for sure. Can also agree with that as a firsthand experience (laughs) person who has not had any domestic violence in my household. And my dad was a police officer for 30 years. (laughs) But I definitely understand the mental aspect of not having access because I know that we never talked about our family. We, as I, I mean, family, my family, we never really talked about mental health and such. And I think that 
that was a something that we all could have benefited from because of what my dad had seen and experienced his whole life and um, to be able to talk out those thought processes. And another one of my kind of statements, but questions in a way, if you want to comment on it, was seeing someone seeing someone die and you can't help them. Like when Chris Rock was trying to help the chief, but he got mm-hmm. there too late and, you know, she was dead. So I can't imagine that kind of trauma or what that could trigger in someone to be the person who has worked and your entire profession is trying to help someone, but you something is out of your control and you can't help that person. Mm-hmm the the damage that that can cause the the mental state that that can put you in and especially with my family gave a sense of like we're going to be protective now you know and Mm -hmm. we've talked in like other podcasts with like a quiet place and the parental aspect of protection anyway but also the added layer of my dad being a police officer was (laughs) like and we're gonna have all of the the barricades and the bars on the wall I mean bars on the windows (laughs) and you know like Mm -hmm. nobody I know how bad and scary (laughs) it can be so like we're gonna exactly you we're gonna yeah keep keep y'all as safe as possible Absolutely. Yeah. So I, it's awesome that they, people are recognizing that first responders need that type of mental access to be able to process all of those things. Cause I definitely feel like, and I've expressed this to my father, so this is not like, you know, (laughs) secret information, but like the post-traumatic stress of it all, cause he's retired now, but Mm -hmm you can still kind of see that sense of, of protection of um, second guessing the world and kind of like, you know, shielding your family from all of the things that you have experienced. And when you don't have time to really kind of process all of that, that can kind of build up a wall in which sometimes the overprotection is more of a negative than, than a positive, you know, Mm -hmm. for people, but yeah, that's just my firsthand experience on that. (laughs) No, I mean that like that totally tracks, like even not being a first responder by any sense of my world, but like, you know, being, I would say in like adjacent fields, like you're still exposed to like a lot of, a lot of things that can absolutely kind of give you this like worldview that things are all bad all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, if that's, if that's what you're being exposed to, like constantly, it is really hard to like, you know, like you have to process that it's even if the bad things aren't happening directly to you, like there's still secondary trauma. It's still impacting you because you're absorbing all of this. And like you, you really have to like, you know, come to terms with the fact that it's impacting you and then seek out support because it's going to keep, I mean, if anything, like in some ways it could like desensitize you, which like, what Mm. does that then do? Especially if you are a first responder, like how are you reacting to things? If, if over time, you know, you're kind of becoming more numb or detached from like the, the, the impact that, that it has. And so like, again, keeping those things in check by like, talking to a mental health professional and being open with what you're experiencing. Cause without a doubt, you're not the only one, you know, like, right. again, yes. like everyone's collectively going through these experiences. So like you should all like talk to each other. I mean, talk to each other and then like talk to 
therapists and and other mental health professionals, but like, especially each other. I, I imagine that too. Um, my, what I speculate is just like people not being open, even like amongst Mm -hmm. each other, um, about, you know, how impacted they are. And so hopefully, hopefully things have changed with time. Yeah, absolutely. And just a, a last little thing about this, some in the movie, before we figure out that Handmaid's Tale guy is the guy, they talk about being on the police force so much that if you have a kid, it's, you know, hard to be with them and, you know, build relationships with your children and, and kind of be there throughout their growing stages. And so I guess my question is, what is, if there is a difference, what is the difference between a completely absent father figure in someone's life or a father figure that um, is present, but because of their job, they're really not as present. Mm. Do you think that the, um, I guess, trauma would be the same or slightly different? Um, I mean, I feel like it depends so much on, on context because like, Mm. You know, I think with child development and like attachment styles, like inconsistency can can be like really negatively impactful, um, and just creates that sense of like not being totally certain when when that person is like going to be there, um, and like how does that then kind of impact their ability to like trust and rely on others if it's not consistent um, versus like, you know, if someone's just like totally out of the picture, like are there other are there other supports and resources that they have that that are there for them that they can mm-hmm. rely on where it's like even if even if that particular, person, even if that particular like biological parent isn't in their life, that they still have other people that are family figures that are friends that, that have like enveloped them in support where, you know, maybe the impact isn't as, as much, but again, like, I think it, it depends on each individual person and, and, you know, circumstances and things like that. Absolutely. I mean, that, that makes sense. I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on, on the matter, Cause definitely when I was growing up, like my dad would take the night shift and, you know, he would be out all night, but like by the time he was home in the morning, like I was at school. And then by the time I come back, you know, like he was gone. So it was very much a role of like provider in a sense, Mm -hmm. which is like, yes, he's there, but he's like there to provide. It's not really a lot of like actual one-on-one time but you know and I was wondering would it be any different if it was like you know someone who completely but again it's definitely like circumstantial and like specific to the situation which definitely makes sense so coming out of all of that all of that mental health thing that spiral brought us Brian do you have an answer to the question about Samuel Jackson's blood loss trap no, I mean, <coughs> I don't. <laughs> Basically, what you said. I mean, <laughs> he, he he set him up to die, whether it was going to be by his own hand or not. So, like, it's stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Any um, other trivia about the movie before we wind this up? I mean, I definitely didn't know about Chris Rock 
pitch or like talking with Lionsgate about this movie, but any other little factoids? Oh, I, mean, um, I did also hear that like up until them shooting the last scene, they were trying, they had not yet decided whether or not um, Jigsaw, like John Kramer would actually be in the movie um, hmm. like they originally, they wrote the script, but they were kind of like leaving it open-ended to see if they wanted to, you know, have him like in the background or something. And then they finally decided like, no, that's a stupid idea. Um, mostly cause I think they really wanted to emphasize that this, this was like its own like branch of the, you know, the book of saw the, the very well-known, uh, novel that we're all familiar with. Um, and so they, yeah. It was, it was dumb. It was, it's dumb either way. If he was in it, I would have been like, that's dumb. Get out. And he's not in it. And I'm like, still it's dumb because it makes no sense. <laughs> exactly. Well, on that note, do we want to guess what the Rotten Tomatoes are? Yeah. <laughs> it's just dumb. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. <laughs> All right, Jamie. How many tomatoes does it take? to make a bad Saw movie. Exactly. All right. What do you think? I'm going to say 28. Uh, 37. It's, you must have cheated because it is exactly 37. Wait, really? Yeah. (laughs) I am the smartest tomato counter alive. What a random number. Wait, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Work. And there's did I cheat? I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't remember looking up the Ron Tomato score for this. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, so there is no. Okay, so there's no critics consensus on the page, but it is there must have been at some point because it's on Wikipedia. So. Spiral from the Book of Saw suggests an interesting new direction for the Saw franchise, even if the gory sum is less than its parts. Yeah, whatever. It's no. Right. It's giving it too much credit. <laughs> Again, I get the I get the intention, but if you can't execute on the intention, the intention means nothing. Mm-hmm. It means nothing. It's an hour and thirty minutes of nothing. Yeah, yeah. I know Bad about jokes. intention versus impact. Yes, and this impacted me. Poorly. Very negative. <laughs> I'm sure all around it's yes. Wait, oh. can does anybody know what what is the spiral? Like what does the shape mean? Does it mean something? It was just the jigsaw puppet's cheeks. It was that's it? Yeah, I mean that's all I got. Like I or some everything comes back to bite you. I don't know. I'm making now I'm just making things up for the movie itself. But it was oh, just, like an Ouroboros. Is that what you're thinking of? With I don't the, know what it, the snake eating its tail. Yeah, maybe, mm. but like when it really comes down to it, they just were like, "Oh, this was on the doll. Let's just like do it, use it." <laughs> there, no, it was a Mash reference for all of us '90s kids. That's what oh it yeah, was. yeah, totally, totally. The Mash circle. Yeah. Uh-huh. You oh, keep going, I thought you meant you like the show, and I was like, I didn't watch that. Oh in the no. 90s. <laughs> I know you're looking at me like, what? It's like, I don't watch that show either. I'm talking about the game. Everybody's living in a shack. Shack over there. 
Um, great. So the S's, the ratings. Brian. Yeah, let's so let's do the four S's. Skull, scare, shapes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> so the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Um, yeah, what? Um, I mean, I'll start with skulls. I'm giving it a zero. No further, <laughs> no further things. Anybody else have any difference on that? Zero. No, no. All right. Just... <laughs> just no just uh, scares i'm giving it a one because i'm sure at some point i was like grossed out by something maybe but like it's still a one hmm yeah the fingers thing like the actual sure. bone ripping and the skin tearing i'll give it a one all right ones across the board yeah <coughs> Excuse me. And then for shakes, I gave it a zero because I have no intention of remembering this film. <laughs> it was hard for me to just explain the plot because I had the movie had left my mind. Totally. I've already forgotten. What is a spiral? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's do suggestions. Um, Jamie, do you want to start suggestions off? All right. I I really I thought hard and I feel like I've been pretty good about offering some like solid recommendations. I truly no one should this movie is bad. No one should see this. If you want to see this, don't and then watch literally any of the other saw movies, like any of them. Even the ones that we haven't watched. <laughs> I'm sure that they are better than than this. Don't t- turn like save yourself the money if you have to pay for it and pick a, pick a random it. one. Which one are you suggesting? <laughs> one, two, two's great. I think I recommended it last time. <laughs> just keep just you know, keep it in the family. This is this is not this is something else. That part. Wow. Yeah. Sorry okay. I let you all down. Nikisha. I honestly forgot to even think about a suggestion. I'm sorry. I'm terrible at suggesting. But so I'm just going <laughs> to agree that Jamie has it and watch any of the other Saw movies. Do you have a specific Saw? She said two. Do you want to throw another one in there? Hmm. <laughs> Well, two is really good because I really like the needle pit, mm-hmm, but uh, I'll throw out I'll throw out Jigsaw. Okay. Okay. All right. As more of a history behind the thing mm-hmm. moment. Sure. Um, I'm gonna say because we talked about it. Watch Escape Room. The new one's coming out soon. Watch Escape <laughs> yes. Room. Mm-hmm. If you want to see fun escaping rooms. The other thing I was going to suggest is, like, if you want to watch Chris Rock do stand-up, like, watch him do stand-up. Don't watch <laughs> this movie. I was going to oh. recommend a specific one, but I actually realized I haven't watched a lot of them. But I'm sure that any of them are better than this. Okay, well, throw out a Samuel L. Jackson movie that people should watch that's not this. And I'm going to go first and say Django. <laughs> watch Samuel L. Jackson and Django. Unchained. Uh, snakes on a plane. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he has to escape. 
Oh, man. Yeah, I guess he does. He does have mm. to escape. Just what a... Uh, I can't. What a, what a moment. Great. Can you say so Star Wars? We, oh, good. Yes. <laughs> I was looking at all of his movies and... Oh, also big game. <laughs> have you ever seen Big Game? Where he plays the president of the United States who crashes and he has to survive in the wild, like because these guys are hunting him and he finally meets up with this kid and he and this kid have to survive in the wild. It's called Big Game. <laughs> He's also in my favorite movie of all time. That's true. What movie? Goodfellas. Oh, okay. Yes. Not for that, long, but he's in it briefly. <laughs> He has some major credits, but wow, this one. I mean, get your money, I guess. Great. So any last thoughts about this? No. Oh, God. Just a big woof. Yeah, that's just, just a swing and a miss. Yes. Well, I, that is it for <laughs> Talking Horror, talking about Spiral. Let us know what you thought about this. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Talk Horror Pod. Talk horror pod. Slurring my words. Horror. Horror horror pod. Uh, And give us any suggestions of movies that you want us to talk about. Mm -hmm. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure. You can find us wherever podcasts are podcasting. That includes things like Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. You can rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank, thank you. you. Um, as a young podcast, as a young podcast, all of your r- um, reviews and ratings really do help to get us out there. So thank you for doing that. And I'll pass back to Nikisha. Yes. Well, I don't have a horror quote. Anybody have a, a quote they want to from this movie? That's I worth. mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, watch another Saw movie. <laughs> And that voice is so much better than the new one. Yeah, <coughs> that new voice. Look, <coughs> excuse me. So I was thinking, like, maybe the, I really thought, like, cool. Maybe the new Jigsaw is right off the bat as a as a female or something to that effect. Like they just went. It just wasn't. I, I don't know. And then it was just like real. It wasn't good. It's just unfortunate. <laughs> Poor unfortunate souls is yeah, what that's the spiral. That's that's that's, that's the quote. I was this looking movie. up quotes, and there was that part in the beginning where he said that he didn't want a partner, and he was like, "Do I look like a nanny, or do I look like a J- a Jamaican nanny?" And I'm just like, "What is this movie? I hate it." <laughs> oh my god! This movie, this movie spiraled out of control very quickly. There you go. Oh. From the beginning. Yes. But I also love Jamaica, Jamaican nanny. So we'll end on both of those. It spiraled out of control because of the Jamaican nanny. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a copycat film, but it was a bad copycat film. Like the bad copycat. All. It was a copycat, but it was bad. The copycat was wasn't copycatting. <laughs> so. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We're, we're done with this. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>